When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Dare to Self-Care. I'm Jen, lifestyle YouTuber and your host of this podcast, where we dive deep with insightful guests to find out how self-care has played a role in their success. Welcome to our community. and welcome back to our community. I am so excited to be expanding our community on YouTube to the podcast space and to just be able to bring on different wellness experts, entrepreneurs, like-minded individuals, whoever it may be. I'm excited to bring them into this community with us. If you are looking for more of an introduction to this podcast, what you can expect, more about me, you can find, it's not on YouTube because only the interviews will be on YouTube, but you can find that solo introductory episode on the podcast platform anywhere where you listen to podcasts and you can also find on there I give my five top self-care tips right now because every guest that comes on is going to tell us their top self-care tip that has led to their success or contributed to their success in some way so I thought it was only naturally fitting that I would give you guys my five self-care tips so you can find them there but before we get into this incredible first interview of the season of the podcast with the incredible Maddie and Scout of OK Sis, I want to talk to you guys for a bit. We're going to start by talking about what was in alignment for me this week and what was not in alignment for me this week. And the intention of talking about what was not in alignment for me this week is not to harp on the negative by any means. It's to acknowledge it, face it, and then let it go. So I encourage you all when we talk about what was not in alignment for me this week for you guys to think about your own lives and let it go as well. So I thought that would just be like a nice thing for us to come together on Monday, reflect on the last week and see what we can improve on for this coming week. So what was in alignment for me this week? I have discovered something that I truly think is going to change my life. Like I really am just so obsessed with it. It's only been a week long. I'm only a week in, but I cannot get over how amazing it is. And that is Kundalini breathwork meditation. It sounds a little woo woo, but hear me out. So Erica, she has a program. It's called Evolved by Erica and her Instagram is inkaleexkale is so cute. She's actually coming on the podcast. So one of my friends, Emmy, introduced me to her. We always, you know, talk about our favorite podcasts, our favorite wellness rituals and all of that fun stuff that we're going to talk about here on the podcast. She introduced me to her Instagram account and I started dabbling in her meditations and I was just in awe because here's the thing. I'm sure many of you can relate to So, okay, let's back it up for a second. I've been doing Wim Hof Method breath work for about eight months now, since the beginning of quarantine. I tried it out for 30 days for a challenge on YouTube and I got hooked. And I was doing it up until a few weeks ago because I started feeling like it was sort of a chore. I found myself, you know, forcing myself to do it because I was like, you know, you'll feel better after you know, one of those things. It's like when you push yourself to do a workout when you have no energy. But so far with these meditations with Erica, I look, I cannot tell you how much I'm looking forward to them every single morning. It changes my entire day. 
and I truly feel like I can visualize the future for myself and I have never felt coming out of a manifestation technique like it's working as much as I do now. I incorporate some of Dr. Joe Dispenza's technique, which is essentially, you know, he talks about it a lot more eloquently than I do, but he always talks about how when you can sit in a meditation and visualize your future and not just visualize the things you want to have, but how you want to feel. If you want to feel free, abundant, loved, happy, whatever it is. If you can truly sit in the meditation and manifest those feelings and feel them, then before those things even happen to you, you will have that state of being and be vibrating at a high frequency, which then attracts those things to you. So I love that Erica's meditations are breath work. So she incorporates breath work. So I don't feel like I fully abandoned breath work out of my practice. I feel like this just gives me more to work with. I'm not only practicing breath work, but I'm also practicing gratitude and manifestation and visualization all in one 20 minute period, which flies by. That's another thing that always like veers me away from meditation and that's, oh, okay, you're just gonna vacuum right outside my door right now? Cool, perfect timing, am I right? Something that always veers me or steers me away from meditation is, oh God, I can't sit there and do nothing for 20 minutes, you know what I mean? So these kundalini breathwork meditations, they you're like doing things throughout. You're visualizing things. You're thinking of what you're grateful for. You're doing certain breathwork techniques. So you're not just forced to sit there and feel like you need to be thinking of absolutely nothing and then you get hard on yourself when things keep popping into your brain. Your brain is occupied with manifestations and feelings of gratitude and it is just so incredible. It reminds me of this light worker meditation that I've done with Gabby Bernstein and it, it she incorporates that as well, like feeling like you're a light in this world and she just incorporates absolutely everything. So that has totally been in alignment with me this week. It has completely changed my week and I'm so happy that I tried it the first week of January because one of my resolutions was to incorporate more meditation and this is just a natural perfect fit. I cannot wait to interview her and just dive into more on how she discovered kundalini what does kundalini even mean i'm just i can't wait to dive more into that so that was what was in alignment for me this week and what was out of alignment for me this week was getting fresh air i feel like i was pretty trapped inside this week granted like I'm in New York City in the winter. It's not that pleasant to go for a walk if it's not sunny, but it can make me get down on myself because I know that you need fresh air. I can't just be in, I do have a wonderful big studio apartment, but it can't be healthy for me while I'm quarantining, trying to stay safe and not really see many people other than my boyfriend. And then if I'm going to see my family, I quarantine for a full week or more. And it just can't be healthy for me to just be sitting in here. I do feel like I'm good about FaceTiming my friends and I talk to you guys because I'm always filming and podcasting and I feel like I get that human connection but that fresh air component is definitely lacking this week and there's absolutely nothing like going for a walk aimlessly or just to pick up a coffee or something and coming back 40 minutes later and just feeling like okay even 20 minutes later and just getting that feeling like, okay, I moved my body. You know, I was doing some Pilates this week and I definitely worked out, but there you just got to get out and go for a walk. In my opinion, I think it does so much for you mentally and physically. I've been feeling really tight lately. So that was not in alignment for me this week, but we're going to take a deep breath in 
and let it go for this week. And hopefully I can reflect on last week and make sure this week that I do get outside. So hopefully you guys are thinking what was in alignment and out of alignment for you this week and doing the same thing, breathing in more of what was in alignment and out what was out of alignment. I'm feeling like I'm really channeling my Erica and my meditation guru mentality right now. <laughs> so we're gonna do that every single week and just reflect on the week. I, I just want this to be a space where we can all get real and raw and vulnerable. You'll hear me say that a lot, not only with my guests, but also between me and you guys. So I'm very excited. On that note, we are going to introduce our first guests on the podcast, and that is Scout Sobel and Maddie Mao of OK Sis Podcast. Now, I'm going to assume that you all know them already, but if you don't, you have to check out their podcast. They have unbelievable guests. They're the perfect balance of hilarious with their sisterly dynamic and then also just really intuitive and and they get deep and, and they're just very real and they make you feel like you're in the room with your friends. It's an amazing podcast and I'm so grateful that I got the opportunity to interview them and have a conversation with them. So on top of their podcast, they both have their own entrepreneurial ventures as well, which was so exciting to be able to dive into because Scout, who is the older sister, she is the founder of Scout Agent which is her own PR and podcasting tour PR agency. She founded it completely herself from the ground up. And Maddie is just in the beginning stages of starting her Camber app. It's similar to TripAdvisor, but way trendier. You you have your network of your friends and you plug in all your favorite restaurants and hotels and things that you did in certain places that you traveled to. And it's just genius. I'll let her speak to that in this episode. But it was interesting to hear sort of the dynamic between someone who's been in the entrepreneurship game for a while and someone who's learning from her older sister and starting her first app. So on top of, you know, talking about that, we also spoke about how they started their podcast, what makes a successful podcast. We dabbled in imposter syndrome. Scout speaks so beautifully about her own spiritual awakening and feelings on spirituality. And it's so interesting to hear her and Maddie's different perspectives on it. And we sort of talk about how science and spirituality are not mutually exclusive. And that was, I mean, I could listen to Scout talk about spirituality for hours on hours. And if you feel the same after this episode, then you should also check out Scout's podcast. It's literally called Scout's Podcast, I believe. And she just talks about it all on there. So I have been loving that recently. We also talk about living with bipolar disorder and then also growing up living with someone else who is living with a bipolar disorder in your family and just mental illness in general we spoke about, addiction. Yeah, we just, we, we touched a lot of topics and I'm so excited for you guys to hear this. If you want to watch us in real time on video, then you can head over to my YouTube channel, which is in the show notes if you want to watch us live there or put us up on your TV. I personally like to put podcasts on my TV just when I'm folding laundry, even though I might not be fully paying attention to the video. There's just something about it. It makes me feel like I'm watching a show. I don't know. So if you're the same, it'll be on there for you guys. So without further ado, let's get into the interview. Hello, Maddie and Scout. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, beautiful. You're gorgeous. Hair is beautiful. Oh, Mads looks you. like a little a little gnome with her sweatshirt. A little <laughs> gnome? <laughs> That's Actually, the... no, I'll take that. This is as That's how we as all want to go. be described. Little gnomes. That's how, That's how everyone, you know what, like... Last year, I was in pursuit of being a beige blob, and I have completely over-succeeded in that realm. I am now blob status every day. Now we're gnome status, I guess. 
Love it. Yeah, it's just the it's the 2021 vibe for you. I'm I'm calling it right now. For sure. Well, anyway, now that we're past the gnome talk, um <laughs> I am so excited that you guys are gonna be some of the first guests on the Dare to Self-Care podcast because I really want to set the tone for this podcast as a place to just be raw, vulnerable, real, talk about like the good, bad, and the ugly of life. And I feel like that's exactly what you guys do on the OK Sis podcast. So I'm so glad that you guys are here to just set the tone and just keep it super real and vulnerable. Yeah, that's what we do. Sometimes uh, sometimes a little too much, but we're here for it. Same, same. I'm like too much of an open book, but I love that. So I'm all here for it. It's the perfect, uh, I mean, it's a prerequisite to having a podcast. You just have to be comfortable with being a fool on the internet. That's that's what I always say. Yep. Love it. Okay, well, there is so much that I want to talk to you guys about, like so many layers here. So let's just start with the podcast. Um, okay, sis podcast, when did you guys start it? How did you decide to start a podcast? Why podcasting? Like why that platform? Let's just talk about that. Yeah, so our I was going to say our birth story, our origin story. I'm like on <laughs> one today. I'm on one today. Um, so essentially I had my own podcast because I lived next to a wholesale produce store who weirdly opened a podcast recording studio and they were just kind of messing around. So they let me in for free. And so I recorded my own podcast for a year. Uh, this is Scout speaking. Um, and But I wasn't treating it like a business. I wasn't reaching for the stars with guests and content and all that stuff. And so Mads and I were at the Ojai Valley Inn and Spa for her birthday in 2018 summer of 2018 and you know we had some rosé we were came out of a massage we're at the pool we're eating truffle chips and I realized because I sucked at my podcast that I didn't have an episode for that next week and so I asked her if she wanted to record with me and so we went into the business center of the hotel and we just recorded on my phone uh, eating truffle chips the entire time and it was so silly and so fun that the energy between the two of us really stayed with me. And so about a few weeks later, I was actually in France on a work trip. I texted her and I said, we should do something together. Like there, we have this energy, like maybe we should start a newsletter, blah, blah, blah. And then I don't know who said, I said, why don't we just do a podcast? And the second we decided to do the podcast, we uh, launched it two weeks later with no episodes in the bank, no idea that it takes a while for iTunes to accept your podcast to be distributed. Um, and we just went. We just went. Yeah. I mean, the thing about podcasting as a medium, I have always been a podcast enthusiast. I mean, I, I like to think I listened to podcasts like before they were cool, maybe like five years ago. Same. And I always say that. Always. My, the first podcast I ever listened to was Guys We Fucked. I hope I can cuss on this podcast. But, you can. Please. Okay, great. Um, <laughs> so Guys We Fucked was like this first, this hilarious comedy duo. And it was like the only podcast. It was so in the early stages. And then, God, it just grew from there. And so when Scout started a podcast, I was like, Ugh, you have a podcast? Like, I <laughs> should have a podcast. So I always felt like... You know, obviously, I'm very performative. Um, I grew up doing musical theater, so it was, it was Me only too. a matter of time. Really? Yay! 
Yeah, so I love that. Me too, <laughs> but my my uh, musical theater career was overshadowed, so it's fine. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I was the star. The star was born, and that was me. Um, so me I too. always knew that I would, you know, go into some sort of realm to channel this type of energy. And a podcast is like the perfect uh, combination of entertainment, but then also, you know, knowledge and wisdom and sharing and connection and it's just such a unique medium. Um, you know, I love social media, but it just feels really curated, as most of mm-hmm. us can can probably attest to. It's a lot of the highlight moments, whereas podcasts, as you mentioned in the beginning of this one, is very vulnerable, very raw, and these these long form conversations uh, that just don't exist anywhere else. And something that I always say is like, I think podcasting is a complete scam. Like. What other format can you reach out to your girl crushes and you're just like, hey, um, can I talk to you for an hour of your time and ask you any question imaginable? Like, in what other world would someone say totally. yes to that except for a podcast? It's like the it's the biggest scam. So that's kind of what we did. And we reached for the stars. We reached out to all of our girl crushes and we have highlighted some of our favorite businesses, entrepreneurs, people who have grown followings and, um, just learned so much from, from these females. And it's just been a great, you know, girl power sisterly, uh, moment over the past two years. Yeah. I mean, I totally relate to that in the sense that that's why I started YouTube. I was like, I hate Instagram. I mean, I still do. I'll be honest. I do Instagram because I have to. And I feel like that's sort of the hub of creating a community. But I did YouTube because I was like, I don't, I'm not an Instagram model. Like I am so uncomfortable posing for pictures, but I can totally be myself on video. Like I can do that. So I just completely relate. That's why I'm also now venturing into podcasting. But am I wrong? This just popped into my head. Scout, did you, I feel like you said once that Maddie was, like nervous in the beginning of podcasting. Yeah. So that's just so crazy to me because you're like such this loud, unapologetic personality and you started in musical theater too when you were younger. So did I. So that's crazy to me that you were even nervous. So we have a real OKSIS fan on our hands here with you because I think I mentioned that once in like a random episode a long time ago, but Mads would write out everything she wanted to say and I would come totally unprepared, having no idea what I wanted to say. But then again, I... Was I had podcasted for a year, so I I felt right. comfortable on the mic. The first time I got on the mic, I almost like I almost hyperventilated. But yeah, it's interesting <laughs> to watch the progression of Mads. Ah, the progression of Mads. Well, I think I think what it boiled down to was since I was such a podcast aficionado and fan, I was very weird. I was um, I didn't think I would be able to do it justice because I listened to you know starting from girl guys we fucked but then I kind of transitioned to like Malcolm Gladwell's podcast and how I built this and all of these like really you know Mm -hmm. sophisticated conversations that I was like oh my god I need to speak in like very eloquent and prolific terms and if I if I fuck up once that it's like I'm out and that was the I literally couldn't speak because I was thinking of the next thing I was going to say, which is like mm-hmm. a recipe for disaster in podcasting because you, it, what it teaches you is you have to be in the moment. You might have a script, mm-hmm. you might have a line, like line of questioning, but it's all going to get thrown out the door once the conversation kicks in. And we, we usually never even go off the questions that we, that we uh, prepare. So it took me a while to get comfortable um, with that and with that with myself I think I had a limiting belief of like oh podcasting and podcasters have to sound 
uh, very smart all the time and have to be mm-hmm. witty because I, I mean, I listened, I always, I still listen to the ringer and, um, things on crooked media and they are, you know, they're journalists. Like, of course they have like a way with words and the, you know, whatever. So I just was like, why would someone care what I think about comment, like commenting on certain, you know, pop culture references and whatever when there's such great podcasters out there that already do that so that was where the nerves came in it was like will I do this justice that makes sense but it's so much more relatable when it's just girls having a conversation like wouldn't you love to just watch your girl crushes all sit in a room and talk like Lauren Elizabeth for example she always Instagram stories or is it her vlogs I don't even know she's always vlogging like her and Michelle Randolph and all those all these people in a room just chatting I'm like that's what I relate to that's what I want to see rather than when I hear podcasts where people are just reading their next question off the list that they have prepared where like you could tell they didn't even hear what the person just responded they have no reaction and they're just like going off the list that they have prepared and I hate that so I mean thank god that you're not still like nervous and going off the script because I feel like you thrive off script (laughs) thank you that means like it took a while to get to get to this point for sure yeah so I mean you guys mentioned before something just along the lines of like you weren't expecting this to be a podcast that blows up you didn't have like these huge dreams but now you guys have incredible guests on like you really have you're now friends with some of the most influential people online that have founded amazing businesses does that ever give you guys a sense of imposter syndrome (laughs) yes <laughs> it's it's oh more God. like well, Scout Scout doesn't deal with imposter syndrome. That's more so my realm, but Scout, go ahead. I love that. I like this though. It's Two different not, perspectives. I love it, that. It's not the imposter syndrome that gets me. It's more the eyeballs that freak me out sometimes. Um it's more like I had a call with somebody from my agency and she was she's become a friend of mine, but she was saying things like, oh, how's your move? And, you know, details about my life. And I knew nothing about her. And it that relationship freaks me out a little bit because it doesn't make sense in my mind that someone would know everything about my life. Because also when Mads and I get on the pod, you know, I think what makes OK so special is that we're just talking like we're talking. This is how we talk when we get together. Mm-hmm. And so there is no agenda of what we share, what we don't share. We just share what comes to mind. So for me, it's it's a little bit about the the community that sees us. And then, yeah, you know, every now and then I wonder, you know, I'm talking to really big people with really big platforms. Do they like us? Uh, but that goes away pretty quickly. I don't really give a fuck if they don't like me. There's like 20 million other of them that I can interview. You know what I mean? Like at the end of the day, mm-hmm. we're all people. But I think what Mads and I have been have done especially well is that the women that have come on our podcast are so fucking rad and so cool that we have developed relationships with them off the mic. And so we've created this community of women that we've um, interviewed that we cheer on, you know, we send emails when they get, um, you know, when they get pregnant or when they have a new product release or when they get engaged, you know, we keep up with the women that we interview, therefore creating a nice little, nice little community of women that we've, that we are also able to go to if we need help, because a lot of these women have been in the content creation game for so long. A lot of them have been in the entrepreneurship game for so long. And so it's been really beautiful to cultivate that relationship with those types of women. But for me, the fear comes mostly in the community eyeballs versus the imposter syndrome. Yeah. 
Imposter syndrome is is tricky. Um, what I've been learning recently is that it's it's simply you operating from a place of low self-worth, right? It's just you feeling like you don't deserve the success or the things that are coming to you because, you know, one day they're going to open up the veil and understand that you're just like an imposter in your mind. So Mm -hmm. I've struggled a lot with this um, and especially with the podcast. And I think it has hindered me um, because I, I haven't, because of imposter syndrome, I might have shied away from certain opportunities or maybe haven't leaned in as much as I, I probably should have. But the past couple months, if you listen to OK Sis, then you know, um, I've been dabbling in manifestation work with Lacey mm-hmm. Phillips. And a lot of what it is is just understanding your worth, understanding what you deserve, and asking for what you want. And it's OK to ask for what you want and believe that you deserve it. And I can confidently say now, which I don't think I was able to a couple months ago, like Scout and I deserve every single thing that we have gotten through this podcast and we are worthy of what's to come. And mm-hmm. I think I feared saying that out loud because I was like, oh my God, people are going to think I'm like greedy or that I'm like not humble. But it's like, no, can we just normalize women like stepping into their power, stepping into their worth and just recognizing that they're not fucking imposters. Like they worked hard for this. And like, this is what happens when you work hard. Like I just, I don't know. I've been going through a lot of mental shifts. If you can, if you can get that. Love it. I, I, I get it. I feel it because I am too. And I also feel like part of it for me is just knowing that imposter syndrome exists Like sometimes just knowing like, oh, this is a thing. This is something that people feel. And that for me, I never really experienced imposter syndrome, but like I learned what it was before I even had the chance to experience it. So it's like, I know even just seeing my favorite creators saying that they have this feeling and they're like, like, I wish I was at the point in their career that they are at and they still feel like imposters. I'm like, oh, we're not imposters. We're all just people. Like we're it's all. It's a universal. It's a universal feeling for sure. I mean, no Dean Graziosi. Like, yeah, Dean Graziosi was on the Skinny Confidential podcast. He's Tony Robbins' best friend. Like, dude's so successful, and he went on and said that he has days where he doubts himself and he has imposter syndrome, and that's Tony Robbins' best friend. Like, that's that's insane yeah. to hear someone of his status still struggle with that. Yeah. I think, I mean, no one's just born out the womb like Tony Robbins. Like, you're just born a person. We're all born the same. And then through life experience, you come into your own and figure out what you want to do. That's not being an imposter. It's just like riding the wave and living life. And I think that's something that has just helped me. And just like knowing that imposter syndrome exists, I'm like, oh, I don't want to feel that. I'm not an imposter. I'm just like, we're all the same. We're all just at different points of life. Like, I mean, we're jumping ahead here, but I did want to actually talk about manifestation and spirituality. Like, for example, Maddie, you're on a completely different path than, say, Scout is. Like, Scout, I feel like you're maybe further ahead in your spirituality journey and manifestation. Like, how do you guys, first of all, I mean, Maddie, what have you learned from Scout? And Scout, I want to know, like, when did you first start dabbling into spirituality and how have you used manifestation to get to where you are yeah Loaded. I just asked you like, 10 <laughs> <times>. <laughs> well, like let me take a deep breath <laughs> you know 
I, I struggle with how to articulate this because I consider myself an articulate person, able to talk about my feelings and life and everything. But when it comes to spirituality, it's so personal and it's much more than a feeling than it is anything you can write down in words. Um, I've always been interested in spirituality because when I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder, the psychiatric and Western medicine had failed me for so long that I started dabbling into holistic measures and with holistic remedies comes like the spiritual community, let's say. So, you know, I was reading Gabby Bernstein. I believed in chakras and Reiki and cupping and all of the things. Um, and then it wasn't until I went on my honeymoon where I had a spiritual awakening where I, I literally felt like I was on ecstasy for three days. And it wasn't mania. It wasn't a manic episode. It mm-hmm. was this weird understanding that if I asked, I would receive. And so I asked for signs. And then all of a sudden things started, like I started seeing synchronicities. I started seeing coincidences and I started not looking at my life as a random order, but that everything is connected and for a reason. So for example, my husband left the hotel umbrella at the restaurant. So we had to go back. He gets out of the car and bonks head basically with this girl in Tulum. She went to high school with him. She says, you have to come to my restaurant tomorrow night. I don't want to go. It's not on my agenda, but we go. He then meets an alchemist. And two days later, he said he's always wanted to meet an alchemist. And I'm like, mind blown. Like that alchemist was put into our path. Like all of this is aligned. And so Mm -hmm. then I lost it a little bit. And when I came back home and it was kind of like this, um, you know, going through peaks and valleys of my connection to it. And then the pandemic hit and um, I started working with a coach, a spiritual mindset coach. And um, I got cracked open in ways that I have never felt before. I believe in my heart 150% that spirit, the universe, energy, God has saved me from my mental illness. I believe that everything that happens in my life is a beautiful combination of something that's awaiting for me. Any challenge that comes to me is a learning opportunity. If I need the universe, it's always there. It's this eternal, you know, people want to find the fountain of youth. I found the fountain of strength, right? Like when I make major decisions, I say, universe, please show me my sign and tell me if I'm on the right path. My sign's the Rolling Stones. Without fail, within 24 hours, I get my sign. Like, no way. It's the most, like, people don't believe in magic. Like, I'm shaking because it's it's magic on earth. Yesterday, I went for cupping. She checked my chakras and she says, I've only seen this once in my life. Your chakras are completely aligned. That morning, before I went, I wrote in my journal, I said, I feel like everything's perfect. I feel like everything's perfect. The chills. And then I get cupping and she's like, they're aligned. So when you tap into this energy, this feeling inside, things start happening that are connected. They're connected and they have purpose and they're for a reason. And that's all I'm going to say because I can keep going forever. But um, it's been a long journey to get to this point where I trust the universe so much that I can surrender my life to it, that there is life beyond this form, that my soul will be reincarnated so many different times that I can't wait for the next iteration of me. Um, and in that way, I'm deathless, right? It's just, it's incredible. And I'll shut up because I could keep going forever. But I, I truly wish that 
everyone could feel this sense of security and peace, regardless of the challenges that human life brings us. I could listen to that forever. I think there's something to be said for struggling, living with a mental illness, struggling with your mental health. There is like a constant pattern and theme. My sister has struggled with anxiety, depression, addiction for most of my life, and she has the same outlook as you. I think there's something to be said for when you struggle and when you have to deal with some real ass shit in life, you and you come out the other side, you see that everything does happen for a reason. Yeah. Um, I will say, um, (laughs) so hearing Scout talk about this stuff, like it's like internal eye roll for me. Like I just, I'm not as woo woo as she is. Um, the chakra alignment, I'm sorry. I'm just not, I'm not (laughs) there and I don't know if I'll ever get there. But what I will say is the reason I got into manifestation, um, you know, Scow always brings me people that she is inspired by. And she showed me Lacey Phillips and I, again, had an eye roll. But then I was like, I just kind of was navigating her website and her brand and it like really spoke to me. And she just a lot of what she preaches and a lot of her philosophy is rooted in science which that was what I felt like was missing from a lot of the woo-woo stuff is I was like what do you mean like where where is the like actual Mm -hmm. what what is real here like I'm very I'm I just need more of a like pragmatic and analytical approach um so whenever Scout talks about the chakras like I always remind myself like that chakras are actually are actually like parallel to your body's energy centers, like in a bio biological sense. So it's like, that is like the science aspect of it. Mm-hmm. And then but re- real quick, before you keep going, I want to say that spirit, it's, it's so interesting to me that people think spirituality and science are mutually exclusive because they're not, they support each other a hundred percent. People just, no, I know. Looking. And that's, but that's, but I'm saying a lot of spiritual guides and coaches like don't make that clear to me at mm-hmm. least. Whereas Lacey Phillips is very clear that this is rooted not only in neural psychology, but in physics and like actual energy of the world. And, neur- and I don't know, just something about the way she approaches it feels a lot more a lot more real and not just like and it's so much more approachable when it's something that you can actually know exists in a real sense if that makes sense so Mm -hmm. um that's kind of why I was roped in we call I call it the cult because it's it's not a cult it's not a cult (laughs) but it it we're gonna get a cease and desist letter from the two magnetic people like stop slandering us literally a cult okay anyways but (laughs) <laughs> Something that I've, I've learned through it is, yes, a lot a lot of it is surrendering and trusting the universe. Um, but a lot of it is, as I mentioned before, self-worth. And it's, it's unblocking a lot of limiting beliefs that either you've told yourself or that have been imprinted on you from society or from childhood. So that I... That I can, yes, uh, agree that there has been a lot of imprinti- imprintings um, on my life, as every single person has had. Like, not everyone's parents, obviously, are flawed individuals, and we have been 
conditioned to believe certain things about ourselves. And so working to unblock those and really show up for yourself Mm -hmm. and understand that you're deserving of anything you want, like that I understand. And so that's where I kind of dabbled in. And it's just, it's just self, it's self work. It's self, you know, awareness it's self-discovery it's it's self-improvement you know it's just working on yourself it's this it's a similar practice to going to therapy and to doing these things I mean obviously this whole podcast is around self-care and like that to me feels like the ultimate version of self-care I agree therapy is like my biggest form of self-care it's an hour for myself unplugged like all notifications turned off and this woman is just going to sit there for an hour, listen to me, call me out when I say something that like I don't even realize is probably something that was, like you said, imprinted on me from a young age. Just like being able to have an hour to yourself to just work on yourself and talk through things like you might know what you're thinking, but until you actually have a space where you can just lay it all out there and say it out loud, that's where you really learn things about yourself and can work through it. So I completely agree with that. Yeah. Um, but on, go ahead. No, you go. I was just going to agree. <laughs> I was just going to say on that note, Scout, you're very open about living with bipolar disorder. I, first of all, thank you for being so open about it because I know several people close to me that have lived with it. And I, I don't feel like they have people that are so open about it. And like with no shame, there should be zero shame around it, but I don't understand why more people don't speak about it. So first of all, thank you. But also, Maddie, I mean, growing up with an older sister who is struggling with mental illness or just like having to witness someone deal with like some real shit, I can relate to you on, like I mentioned about my older sister. So I'm just curious, like, how has that affected or strengthened your relationship with each other? Maddie, what have you learned? I feel like I'm definitely a more empathetic person through it all. Like I learned from a young age that For example, my sister struggling with addiction. She didn't want to be struggling with addiction. Like she would have done anything in her power for me not to have seen that and had to like, it's part of my story too, essentially. It's not, you know what I mean? Like it's not just the story of the person living with it, but when we have family members, it affects them too. So I'm just curious, like how has that affected or strengthened your relationship? And yeah. Yeah. So growing up, um, as people can probably decipher from my temperament, I am a very like happy go lucky, enthusiastic, energetic person. And Scout is the opposite <laughs> growing up because she has bipolar disorder. So, you know, I always people just expected me to be the like the the comedic relief or the the bring the energy into the room all the time and um that that I didn't realize until probably a couple years ago that that has affected me for has has really affected me in my in my adulthood the reason is I don't understand how to navigate negative emotions because I was conditioned to believe that negative emotions were bad and that they Mm -hmm. were just that negative so when a negative emotion came about in my life, I would either push it out or try to fix it immediately. I still, to this day, struggle with sitting with negative emotions and understanding that they're okay. 
Um, but growing up, because there was so many expectations um, and because I didn't have a me- mental illness, I thought that I was exempt from having bad days. So when they came, I was like, oh, no, no, like these don't happen to me. Like, let me let me fix this immediately. Um, and that was a disadvantage and something that I have now had to come to terms with in my adult years. Um, that I mean, it's been exposed to me through therapy and through all the self-discovery work that I've been doing this past, I mean, these past like five years post-college is really when this all kind of erupted for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, growing up, I mean, same with you, Jen, like I didn't know that depression was a disease I think I definitely have become more empathetic towards it I remember feeling like I remember looking at Scout and being like you're just lazy like why aren't you why don't you just get up and be happy like I don't get it Mm -hmm. because I didn't my pathways and my brain just like didn't work that way it wasn't the same experience that you were having so you couldn't understand right which is where the empathy comes in once you can finally understand that we all feel different things and have different experiences yes and And it's a chemical imbalance exactly have different different chemicals in our brains and so I remember it was like a a scout was like driving me somewhere and she was like look it makes me feel really bad when you say that I just need to like get up and and go and like that I'm lazy and that you don't validate that this is an actual disease I was born this way this is not a choice and that's when I realized like Oh, I thought you were just like choosing to not be happy, which I just never understood why someone would choose that. So, so that was a big pivotal moment. Um, and you know, growing up, I think, I mean, I have a very, very strained relationship with her bipolar disorder, as well as our mom has multiple cirrhosis. So anytime someone has a disease or something that is an illness, I tend as I did with negative emotions with myself I tend to block it out and just be like oh no 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 like it's okay like they'll be fine like they don't and Mm -hmm. I just get very um aggravated when when it's brought up so that's that's kind of what it was like growing up with it I mean we were very close growing up and then our our parents got divorced and I think there was we just dealt with the divorce very very differently um And then this podcast, I think, saved our relationship, honestly. It was, you know, we were friendly before and would, you know, she was always there in those negative emotions for me because usually my release was call Scout, cry my eyes out, and then move on. Like, that was my coping Mm -hmm. mechanism. So she would hear from me, like, once a quarter when I would break (laughs) down crazy. So, um, and now with the podcast, it's like, I mean, our relationship is strengthened to a degree that I I don't think either of us even knew it could get to. Um, You know, it's it's allowed, obviously, very silliness between us and this like levity. I think I've like inserted a lot of this like crazy energy into Scout and she's kind of, you know, she's always been (laughs) the like more calm and serene one and now she's like silly and embracing that side of her and then I've also become more empathetic to talking about mental illness and being vulnerable in these types of conversations we have. So it's like, it's helped us both twofold. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm just so mind blown at the fact that we have very similar stories when it comes to that sort of aha moment and understanding our sisters because 
I basically, when my sister first went to rehab, I was going into freshman year of high school. So I was like, oh my God, my role model who told me like everyone smokes weed is now going to rehab. Like, I don't know what to believe anymore. And I didn't speak to her. Like she would call from rehab once a week and I refused to talk to her. My dad sat me down and was like, listen, addiction's a disease. Depression is a disease. And from that moment on, I was like, literally since that moment, everything changed for me. So that first of all, is just wild that I feel like that's just something that everyone needs to hear. And that's why I think it's so important to talk about mental illness because people, especially if they don't have family members or people directly in their, you know, they're not really going through it in their personal lives. They don't realize like these people don't want to be struggling. These it's, it's all a disease. It's all a chemical imbalance. So that's just wild that we had like the same aha moment. And I have tons of people pleasing tendencies because like you, you were supposed to be the comedic relief. I was supposed to just not give anyone a problem because we have enough problems. I was like the younger, cute one who just sings all the time. And like, so it's just crazy how it really does. You got to go to therapy because you, you think you're the one who, you know, I didn't struggle. I'm fine. Like everything's fine. And then you realize like, oh, this has actually affected me. So that's just crazy. Yeah, I can relate to being the young, cute singing one. That was me. <laughs> Still is. But I think that I, exactly. I, I would love to talk to your your sister, Jen, because I'm sure when yeah. she called home from rehab, that was really hard for her because as older sisters, we're always very maternal over our young younger sisters. Oh, and yeah. there was a lot that I hid from Mads when I was going through it because I didn't want her to be involved in any of that. Like, I remember they put me on a 5150 hold, which is where they legally lock you up. And for it's supposed to be three days. Um, like I said, can my parents drive me to the hospital? They said no and strapped me to a stretcher and took all my belongings. And that was it. I was locked up like like it's like being in jail. And mm-hmm. Maddie's graduation was the next day. And I called her from the hospital crying and she couldn't. She was like, why are you in the hospital? Like she couldn't understand. Yeah. And I made a plan and I sweet talked my way out. I said it was a total misunderstanding. I'm actually fine. My medication just needed to be tweaked. It, it got, it got over control, you know, it got conflated and they let me out and I, um, they let me out 24 hours later and I got to Mad's graduation on time. Um, and that's wow. always a moment that like sticks with me because, I think that if it wasn't her graduation, I might have just sat there helplessly for a long time. But um, it's just moments like that where, that you remember that, you know, I didn't want her to think that, or remember that her sister was in the hospital during her graduation. Yeah. And I mean, I spoke to my sister yesterday because she was like, she's an open book, which is, I mean, thank God, because like I said, it's my story, too. I'm not going to speak on her side of the story, but like it is a huge part of my story. So first of all, I mean, that would be, I would love for like the four of us to talk because there's so many similarities here. It's wild. Um, she's definitely the same way in that I, it's just crazy. She's still been my role model through all of it. I mean, now it makes sense because now she's sort of come out the other side. She's almost two years sober. She's working to get her degree to work in recovery. She works at a sober home. Like she's helping others. And clearly Scout, you've done are you an Aries? No, I'm a Virgo. Oh, oh me too. Yeah. Ah, but Maddie, my husband, what are you? Yeah. Matt, well, Maddie should be a Gemini, but she's not. I'm a Cancer. 
Everyone that says that hears I'm a cancer goes, oh, my God, you're such a cancer. Oh, I what think you're mean? such a Gemini. I don't know what any of it means. Me neither. I yeah, just know neither. what a Virgo means. <laughs> <laughs> I know that cancers oh, are, like, loud and opinionated, so. There we go. There we go. Batrax. <laughs> Jen, will you, will you tell your sister I say Mazel Tov? My husband is uh, almost ten years sober, so no I'm, way. I'm very um in or was in the beginning of his sobriety very involved in the AA community, and I know the whole how it all goes. Yeah. I've been to like forty meetings, all the things. So it's it's an amazing accomplishment. Yeah, thank you. I mean, that's crazy because she's an Aries too. Your husband's an Aries and ten years sober. No, I don't know what my husband is. Oh, I could have sworn you just said my husband's an Aries. No, my husband's sober. No, before that. <laughs> no, I don't know. I have no idea what my husband's sign is. No, I, know, I mean, I don't here, know I'll look it up right now and tell you. I don't... Let me know. I mean, to be honest, none of it means anything to me. I don't know why I stopped in my tracks to ask you that. He's a Gemini. Whoa. Oh, weird. I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm so scared of Geminis. <laughs> Why? Honestly, me too. Because they I have, always like, tell my sister she should be one. They have like two personalities, which is why I think you're a Gemini Mads, because like yeah, when you're I not on, it's like the fucking hurricane. Like get out, uh-huh. you know? <laughs> Scorpios and Scorpios are crazy, apparently. Like they they're very similar to Gemini's where it's just like you never know what you're gonna get. That's all I know. That's the extent of my astrology. Ma'am, maybe I'm a Gemini rising. I don't know anything about this. I, yeah, me either. We should take a class. Oh, speaking of, I did want to ask you, where do you, what's Lacey Phillips's deal? Like, what, where is her content? It's called To Be Magnetic. um, And you just, I think it's like tobemagnetic.com. And then her like main membership is called The Pathway. And then, um, but you could always get like a la carte workshops. So if there's like something specific that you're looking to manifest or unblock, you could do like that specific one. But both Scout and I are doing The Pathway, which is like, access to everything basically and she has a podcast called expanded which is where i first like listen to that first to see if you resonate with her vibe Mm -hmm. and everything you know listen to like 10 episodes we need to get sponsored by her we are like (laughs) like we have been spewing her phrases and we really have (laughs) dude my whole my whole office at my team my team for my agency we're all doing it is there a referral code or something? Because I refer so many people. Yeah, let's get on. Let's let's get a referral we need code. A sponsor. Okay. Well, on that note, I do want to talk a little bit about entrepreneurship. Um, you're both entrepreneurs, Maddie. You're like in the early stages, right? So you yep. are just launching an app, Camber app. I'll let you speak to what it is, but I just want to say, genius. I'm selfishly so excited about it because. I'm like always, I'm obsessed with travel and I like, I'll plan a trip and I'll just live on TripAdvisor. I'll live on Yelp. But both of those websites, honestly, they're so janky. And like, I only use them because it's my only, it's all I know. It's like the only place to get recs other than asking your friends. And they're like, I went to this restaurant one time, two years ago. I don't remember the name. Like, you know, so you just go on TripAdvisor or online, but I'm so selfishly excited. You could tell, you take it away. Tell us what the app is. Ah! No, I mean, that is, that's, you're literally like a walking use case. That's, this is why we created it. I was also having these types of pain points. Um, It's because 
you know, we have decision fatigue when it comes to travel and when it comes to planning. There's so many options out there. So we always, that's why we resort to texting our friends for their recommendations um, because we trust them and we trust very specific influencers. Like for instance, whenever I'm going on a trip, I always look at Goop City Guides and Condé Nast Traveler because I, that's my vibe. It's exactly the type of trip that I'm looking for. But why isn't there a place where just everyone's recommendations, all your friends' uh, places live on one platform, kind of like a travel identity on on the internet? So uh, we created Camber, and it'll essentially do just that. You will have a profile, be able to put all of your recommendations for your favorite places, as well as plan for future trips. Um, we're, the focus is a lot more on like local exploration, especially with COVID and the limitations mm-hmm. on travel. But it could also be a place where it's like wonderlust for you. You can, you know, just kind of put together a list of places that you would you're dying to go to when when all this is over. Um, so that's kind of that's really where it all started. My co-founder Lauren texted me and was like, "Hey, you went to Austin. Can you send me your recs?" And I was like, "Ugh, fuck!" Like. Let me get my Google Doc and like right. my emails or whatever. Let me go look on Instagram. Where did I post? You know, so it's just going to be a one stop shop for all of your friends recommendations and seeing it all in a map view. It's going to be spectacular. So, yeah. So we just um, pre launched the brand itself, but then the app should be coming out um, early 2021. And I am so excited to use it. Jen, you are going to be um, a beta tester 100%. Oh man, I'm so excited. Um, yes. So yeah, it's been, I mean, it's been a wild, wild ride. It's been something we talked, I mean, you mentioned entrepreneurship. I mean, my whole life or at least post-college, I was, I was going through like a really strange time where I just didn't understand what my purpose was or what I was working towards. And like this, this was it. Like I have always worked at startups and I never felt so connected to them because I was like, I just need to work on my own thing. I will never feel completely enveloped in something unless it's my own idea and the mm-hmm. only, like the thing that I own. Um, that's just who I am. A lot of people don't like that mentality because they're risk averse or something, but uh, that is just, I've tried to work in all different type of work environments, startup and corporate world, and it just does not fit with me. I need to be the one kind of calling the shots. And yeah. I had this vision and it was, and it's been incredible to work together with my co-founder on bringing it to life. And we're just so excited for, for everyone to use it. It's going to be so exciting. I'm so excited. Do you feel like working on OKSIS first has sort of given you those tools to be ready to take on your own thing? Oh, yeah. So Scout is really good at this. She's like a born entrepreneur. I know. Um, I always thought that I was, but then like it wasn't until the podcast where I've adopted the mentality that she has where it's like, well, you know, we're going to jump off the cliff and then if there's a parachute, it'll catch us. But I mean, launch and adjust. Yeah. And that is like, that was never the mentality I had or something that I was comfortable with until the podcast. And it was funny because when I joined with my co-founder, Lauren, who was actually my boss at my first job ever, and we just like kept in touch because we had such a great working relationship. She said to me, like, I want to approach Camber like you guys approach OKSIS. Like you guys just get shit done. You just do things. And I think, I mean, it's definitely Scout's doing. Like it's it's her mentality when she approaches all work things. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I'm more of a, as we talked about, a planner and like very type A and have to think about things. But rather when we've just like 
jumped into certain aspects and just said yes and just figured it out, it's given us incredible results. So like, why don't I just approach every type of venture this way? Yeah, I'm shifting my mentality that way too. So I'm like in the same boat as you. Um, Scout, you have your own agency. You have incredible clients. Can you just talk about like, how did you, first of all, decide that that's, you know, that's the thing you wanted to do. That's the thing you wanted to launch. And then how did you have the confidence to do that? Like launch your own freaking agency? Uh, I didn't think. I didn't plan. I didn't ask if this was my purpose. Um, so I started, I got into the entrepreneur game at the age of 22 and I was struggling with my mental illness. And one day I looked at a friend and I said, do you want to start a magazine? And it just came out of me and we were just going to sell it at like, we were just going to pass it out, like print it at Kinko's and then something in my brain shifted. And this was the girl who couldn't hold a job, couldn't stay in college, couldn't hold an internship. I went home and did 12 hours of research and had the top um, print. I had appointments with the top printers in town. I launched a Kickstarter campaign and made $10,000. And then our third issue had Halsey on the cover and was sold in Barnes and Noble. Then I sold the company and then, you know, came on board to launch a new company. And so I had just been doing this for so many years. Entrepreneurship is what really kept me going through all through my 20s. I'm almost out of my 20s. Thank God. Um, And so at the time, Mads and I were doing OKSA's podcast together and I had moved on from launching a women's digital media site and was working for my mom and which was the next best thing to being an entrepreneur because it was so flexible. But there was always this like, I have to do my own thing. I have to get back in the game for myself. And Mads and I were doing OKSA's podcast and we were at dinner with Amberly Lyons, who is actually a, a, a client of mine now. And she said, you guys should help other podcasters, which now we're doing in a different capacity. But it just like put something in my brain and mm-hmm. I had a media kit made up. I decided it really quickly. Um, I had a media kit built out and then two weeks later, I emailed over a thousand podcasters and started just representing podcasters and quickly grew my roster to 10 clients five months in. And now we represent all sorts of different female entrepreneurs, um, female authors, female personal brands. Uh, We focus on getting them as guests on podcasts. So we got Rebecca Minkoff as a guest on a bunch of podcasts, Kat Sadler, Kelly Baker, Lauren McGoodwin. And it's, it's been a dream, but you know, I definitely didn't think about it. I definitely six months Mm -hmm. in was like, what the fuck did I just do? I'm a people pleaser. And now I'm in client work. Like it was obviously the challenge and the lesson that I needed at the time. And so, yeah, I don't think that I think that's my superpower when it comes to entrepreneurship. I literally don't think I just act. Um, I don't have time for the self doubt. I don't have time for the self reflection. I don't have time to think, is this my purpose? I just do it. And see where it takes me and thank God it's taken me somewhere beautiful this time. So, but yeah, I think, I think Mads is now seeing, um, which I need to tone down and which is why I don't do partnerships because I've had really bad partnerships go wrong and why Mads is the only person I will do a partnership with, but, um, I'm difficult to work with. I'm difficult to, uh, to co-work with, to be like a co-boss, uh, because I, I, I just move a little bit too harshly at times, um, which I'm starting to realize that uh, working with Mads as OKSIS becomes a lot more of a business that I need to, uh, I need to tone down a little bit. Well, 
I have two thoughts on this. One, you just exude, like, to me, what I got from all of that is, like, all you need is confidence. Obviously, there's a lot more to you than just confidence, but you're very smart, obviously. But you would just, I feel like you go in with confidence, so you get it done. Like, you don't have time to doubt yourself or second guess. You're just like, I'm going to figure out it's going to work. And that's, I mean, that's all confidence. I also wanted to ask you, you said something about being happy that you're almost out of your 20s. Can you elaborate? <laughs> yeah. You know, no one tells you that your 20s is a shitstorm of crawling through mud. Like, you're mm -hmm. just trying to figure out how to stand. But there's things in the way and then there's quicksand and then something knocks you on the head and you're trying to establish yourself as an independent adult. Like, obviously, there are people who had to do so much younger in life, um, you know, you know, in childhood. But for, you know, the average trajectory, you're figuring out your purpose, you're figuring out your career, you're figuring out how to handle your emotions, you're becoming aware of who you are, you're figuring out how to do your bills and plan for your future and like all this stuff and it yeah. just feels like the 20s is a lot of just treading water and then your 30s if you did the work properly in your 20s and really moved through the obstacle course with intention you know you get like a little bit of a of a, of a beach you know you get a little you, know, you get a little mock uh, mocktail a cocktail um you get to like <laughs> what are you, you set the foundation the 30s is like you set the foundation. Like I'm, I'm done trying to figure this shit out, you know, like I'm over right. it. Like I'm an yeah. adult. I know who I am. I have my 10, 15, 20, whatever the fuck year plan. And I'm just ready to be grounded. I love that mindset. I feel like everyone's like, I don't want to leave my 20s. I don't want to be old. But like, no, <laughs> I totally no. love that. You're just like, 20s. that's why it really struck me when you were like, thank God I'm almost done with my 20s. I feel like I don't ever hear that. And I love that for sure. Yeah, Worst decade. All right. Well, on that note, let's go into the ending segment, which is fun facts and favorites. We obviously have to start with how do you dare to self-care? So what are some of your favorite self-care rituals? So we're big uh, morning people. So we're big morning ritual uh, humans. But some self-care things that I love to do, um, I'm a big worker outer. I love the exercise. The endorphins are where I live. Um, I think it is the ultimate mood booster, helps you with mental clarity and moving through your day um, and obviously helps with, you know, maintaining physical health. So working out for me has always been like the ultimate form of self-care. I'm with you. For me, I think my ultimate form of self-care is journaling and spending that time alone. I journal one to two pages a day, and that's the practice that I, I come back to all the time. Like, I'll go in the middle of the day if I feel like I need to work something out in my brain. So journaling is my go-to. Love that. Okay, what would your last meal on earth be? I can answer for the both of us. Maddie's would be a Domino's pizza. Mine would be a bean and cheese burrito. That's, that's if I was drunk on the last day of my life. You think you're not going to be drunk on the last day of your life? That's true. true. That's true. But okay, the alternative is sugarfish or just like a sushi in um, general. Yeah. That's yeah. Fun. I don't know. Okay. I'd have it all. <laughs> what is your favorite small business right now? Do you have my one you want to small, shout out? 
My favorite small business is Clever Blends, C-L-E-V-R Blends. You know, I'm trying to get them to sponsor the pod, but it doesn't matter at this point because I love them so fucking much. (laughs) Um, They make these adaptogen superfood lattes. Um, And I've tried a lot Mm -hmm. of different ones, like from Four Sigmatic and um, other brands, and they don't froth as well. Like it feels like there's just powder in hot water and it just doesn't, Mm -hmm. it's like gross. This one, like they have oat milk powder in the mix. So it like literally froths like a latte. It's incredible. And um, just such a great pick me up. So you don't have that extra cup of coffee in the end of the, you know, afternoon. Sold. And (laughs) mine is Shop Good. Um, It is a boutique. They have two here in San Diego, but they also have an online shop. And it is complete clean beauty, um, clean skincare, all of the things. And so that's where I get most of my uh, skincare and beauty products. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so, so much for coming on. I seriously love you guys so much. Obviously, as you can tell, I'm obsessed with your podcast. I love what you guys are doing. Just being yourselves is just a blessing for everyone to be able to witness. So thank you so, so much. Thank, thank you. Thank you for having us. This was such a natural. You are a natural interviewer. Thank you. <laughs> Bye, guys. I hope you enjoyed that episode. I would so appreciate it if you could take a moment to rate, review, and definitely subscribe so that you don't miss another insightful episode. Also, a friendly reminder that if you want to watch these episodes on video, they are all up on my YouTube channel, Jen Lauren, which is always linked in the show notes for you. You can also engage with the community on the Dare to Self Care podcast Instagram, so definitely join us all there, and I will see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.